Hello everybody and welcome back to the JDA Football Podcast. This week saw PSG, Chelsea, City and Real Madrid all make it through to the Champions League semi-finals. A shock result in the Premier League with Leeds beating Manchester City 2-1 away. General news which includes Hansi Flick set to leave Bayern Munich at the end of the season and to become the new Germany manager. And good news with 2,000 fans officially going to be going to the Carabao Cup final. All of that and much more coming up on this episode. But me and Alex, you might be able to tell if we do highlights, uh, we're in different locations. So where are you, Alex? Uh, I'm in a I'm on my my lodge in in Devon so it's it's very nice nice I'm uh, in Wales angle so uh, so yeah we're just very two different parts south sort of north still but uh, yeah no Joe this week unfortunately um, his wi-fi is a bit dodgy and I think he's out uh, canoeing or kayaking oh. so very nice and hope he enjoys that we've got his predictions though which we will be talking about later uh, but we'll go into the Champions League this week and I've just mentioned it then Manchester City win 2-1 against Dortmund in the end 4-2 on aggregate um, Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez scoring from a penalty and then Jude Bellingham opened the scoring for Dortmund it was a bit of a first scare for City wasn't it the opening goal with 15 minutes in and everything like that yeah it was it was pretty uncharacteristic because it was a, a pretty poor goal to give away not very good defending and then Jude Bellingham was able to like uh, turn his body and just hit it into the top corner with a, a very nice strike uh, kind of getting his own back for for the goal he should have had in the first leg um, and I think from that point uh, City would have been out wouldn't they on away goals um, and I heard a lot of people showing the City team doesn't have much character but they, they really shoot, uh, showed a lot of character to, to come back in that match with the uh, the Mares penalty and then Phil Foden getting one as well. So, yeah, a, a good performance from them and, and a much-needed one because I think they, they've struggled to get past the semi-finals in a couple of occasions in, in recent uh, history. So, yeah, very good for them. Um, yeah, looking at the Dortmund sides of things, Jude, so we'll know we know Phil Foden will get all the headlines. Uh, but Jude Bellingham had an outstanding game as well. Uh, he's the second player to reach ten games before reaching the age of eighteen. Remember, he is seventeen. Uh, Bellingham also becomes the youngest player to score, uh, youngest Englishman, sorry, to score in the Champions League. Uh, he got his first Bundesliga goal on Saturday, and then he gets his first uh, Champions League goal on Wednesday. Not a bad start to his career, Alex. No, not at all. Um, at first, I've only seen him play about three or four times for for like Borussia Dortmund when they've been about being on the the TV, and he's not really impressed me that much. But over the two legs against Man City, he's been probably one of, if not the the best player on the pitch. So it's it's very good for him to to step up his game as as far as he has this season. Yep. Do we think that? So we're talking about the attacking place for City, but do we think that? Because they're forgetting that Erling Haaland, who scored, well, there was a stat going around, what was it, 40 goals in 42 games. Um, and the City defenders over both legs kept in quiet. So it's not too bad, is it? No, I didn't, he didn't really have uh, much to do in, in that leg, uh, especially the second one. I thought in the first one at the Etihad, he had quite a few chances, but I don't recall him having that many shots in, in the second leg. So I think they did very well to keep him quiet. But uh, in some other... Um, side to play they're a bit shaky defensively and also on the other hand I thought Borussia Dortmund were very good defensively at, at some points I don't think they played up to the to the characteristic of them being shaky defenders this season so um, although it, it wasn't the best performance from them they can definitely be proud uh, of getting this far seeing as where they are in the league at the moment. 
Yep, they're about fifth or sixth in the Bundesliga. Uh, like Alex said, they're doing very well. Um, we're going back to Manchester City now. Phil Foden, I said just then, he'll get all the he- headlines, of course, involved in 10 goals in the last 16 Champions League appearances, scored in both legs and six goals and four assists. What impact did he have on this tie? And was it right for Pep in his, the early stages of his career to leave him out and slowly bring him into the squad? Yeah, he, he did very well in, in the tie. I think the only real time I saw him come into his own was, was the goal and then he started like developing into the game more. Um, but I think Pep's real, uh, done re- um, a very, I don't know how to put it, he's done quite well with him. He's like, natured him well. Slowly. Yeah, and then um, just like, started, like when he has started, he's done very well, but he's not like overworked him. And so like he doesn't have that many bad games. So he's done very well with him. And I think next season he'll have a lot more um, impact on the team that he has already. But he, he, he had a very big impact last night. Was it uh, last night? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, City go through to the semi-finals of the Champions League for the second time in their history. First time under Pep Guardiola, of course. The last time they were there in 2016, they faced Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid won 1-0. It was in the second leg. So, over the both legs, it was 1-0 in total within a Fernando own goal that sent... Um, Real Madrid through to the finals I believe it was against Atletico in 2016 and they went on to win it that was part of the three times that they won in straight in a row Uh, but we'll go on to the Liverpool game which was against Real Madrid in fact um of course, Real Madrid led 3-1 in the first like Alex, um, but it's the second consecutive year that Liverpool have been knocked out by a team from Madrid, so it's not very good, is it? <laughs> no, I think they probably deserve to not go through, but they deserve to at least win this game with the amount of chances that they did create because they, they weren't shocking, but I think in the attacking, well, not even third, in, in Real Madrid's box, they just looked a bit incompetent like they they have pretty much all season and they haven't really looked like scoring so it was good defending uh from from Real Madrid especially with no Ramos or Varane uh, or I think Vazquez um got an injury in in the La Liga game that they had so he couldn't play the second leg either so they had kind of a makeshift defense just as Liverpool did um but Liverpool didn't manage to score and and they did get knocked out but it is um I, I wouldn't say Liverpool deserve to get through, but I mean, um, Real Madrid's performance in the first leg probably is the reason that they deserve to go through altogether. Yeah, if this was just on a one-game basis and it was the second leg, Liverpool, I think, totally deserve to win. Uh, yeah. By the by, the possession stats don't really hold it because it seemed like Liverpool had the ball for ages in that match. The amount of opportunities that they had, 15 shots, only four on target, not enough, not a clinical enough yet again. Um, speaking of not being clinical enough, 139 shots in 2021 for Liverpool and they've only scored three. Mm-hmm. They want to improve on that, won't they? Because we've seen Firmino come in while Jota's around and he's not been scoring the goals. And when Jota has come in, he scored the goals, but still not as many as he did before his injury. So what do you think the problem is down to Klopp? Um, probably down to Klopp, yeah. I've been hearing a lot of Liverpool fans complaining that obviously Klopp's done a lot, but he, in this like time, he's not changing his tactics to like suit the players that he has got. Like Jota's probably better on the wing whereas he play, normally plays him as like just behind Firmino or just in front of Firmino so if you've got someone like Jota who before his injury was scoring like bags of goals then surely you mould the team around him seeing as your other attackers aren't playing that good of attacking football so 
it's definitely half down to Klopp. But I think also the players like Salah and Mane, they've been so good um, in other parts of the seasons and they should probably have a look at themselves and see what they need to improve on as well. Yep, we'll go from one English team to another. Uh, it was Chelsea versus Porto um, in the home fixture, but it wasn't at Stamford Bridge, I believe. I believe it was in Budapest. Um, the Nothing great really happened. Chelsea had eight shots, one on target. Um, Porto also had eight shots, only two on target for them. But um, Medi Tarame, what an overhead kick from him, Alex. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't think I was watching it. I think I was watching uh, the other game. But um, I, I heard the commentary afterwards and everyone was saying, oh, that it's not that good. And I can I kind of understand why um, he's... I can't remember what he said, but it was very underwhelming. Um, but obviously, it, they didn't, it was really a consolation goal. But again, I think Porto, in the, in the first leg, I think Porto were the better team, but they couldn't finish their chances. And I think... That was the same in the second leg, even though they did score one. It was too late on and they couldn't really get back into the game. Um, but but the goal they did score was, was just world-class, the overhead kick. I think it reminded me of uh, Ronaldo or Rooney. So, uh, yeah, you should be proud of that. But obviously, it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, Mendy was never going to stop that. I think Rudiger was the close to it, closest to him and he wasn't stopping that. Um, yeah, it was a great goal by him. Uh, but looking at the Porto side of things, like you said there, Alex, I think they, they lacked intensity and urgency, not in just in this game over both legs. And it was just almost like they enjoyed, like they were enjoying just being there. Yeah, I think they were more of, they were thinking like, we've just beaten Juventus to get through to to this round, like the semi-finals of of the Champions League, and they didn't really feel like they were able to to uh, get past it. Where that, like they could, they had the chances, but they didn't really show like as much desire as Chelsea. And ultimately, Chelsea scored the first uh, the two goals in the in the first leg, so they went through. And it, it could have been the other way around. Like Porto, as I said, had the chances. They on a on a different day, they could have gone through and shot Chelsea and Juventus and then had a better mindset to go into the next games and win them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, looking at the Chelsea sides of things, seven years since they were last in a Champions League semi-final. Um, of course, they did go on to win that, I believe, uh, in 2011, I think it was. Um, if Chelsea... Drogba. Yeah, Drogba. Drogba, oh! <laughs> Do you remember that commentary? Um, yeah. It, so if Chelsea uh, go through to the final uh, and Thomas Tuchel, of course, will be with them, that will be the first Champions League manager to take two consecutive teams to back-to-back two finals. Um, do you reckon they will make it there? Real Madrid in the way? Although Real Madrid de- did beat Liverpool, I think Chelsea probably, like with the style of play they have at the moment and with the intensity that, that they bring, um, I think they have a better chance of... Um, getting through Real Madrid, but like a team like Real Madrid, they they're used to this kind of situation. Whereas Chelsea, they've only really been in the mix of European football in the last 20, 30 years. So uh, it's definitely going to be in Real Madrid's hands. But if Chelsea do end up winning it, I think they'd probably have a better chance at beating. Um, I think it's going to be City. I think it's City and PSG in, in the next uh, thing. So. I think if Chelsea do win it, I think they'll have a better chance of winning the whole thing. But I think Real Madrid have slightly the upper hand with the amount of players they have that have been in this situation. 
Yep, of course, like you just said there, a lot of experience about Luka Modric and Tony Cruz in midfield. Um, so two solid players, and you can't forget about Ramos as well and Varane. They've been in a number of finals. Um, and so, Benzema, he's been almost yeah. everyone that they've had. Very true. Um, so we're going to the next game, the last game in the Champions League that we're going to talk about. It was uh, PSG versus Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich won 1-0 on the night. It was 3 all on aggregate, but PSG go through on away goals. Um, what did you make of the Bayern performance? Because, it, of course, the game wasn't ever going to be as good as the first, like we all knew that. But I felt like Bayern weren't as clinical as they could have been. I don't know whether that was down to playing... A, a bit of a different formation. They weren't pressing as much. What do you think? It. What would you put it down to? Uh, I think they had very high intensity, and they were like getting up the field and passing around um, PSG's press as much as possible. Um, but they didn't really seem like because obviously they don't have Lewandowski and they don't have Nabry and everything. Their wingers and the striker didn't really seem like they were going to score at any point, and it, it was a bit weird. It wasn't like the first leg when they kept bombing forward and like they seem like they're going to score on every attack so I don't really uh, know what's happening as well I think um, Sane tried to take the game into his own hands a bit like Neymar did but Neymar's a different uh, style of player than uh, Sane and didn't really go too well um, but I think it's probably mostly down to not having uh, someone like Lewandowski in the box who can if you feed the ball to him he's going to score 90 bits, 90 um percent of the time so I think having you promoting there instead is probably one of the main reasons they didn't score um, but obviously uh, every time PSG went forward it, it looked completely different because I think they like they look like scoring every time uh, just with the pace that they had up front and obviously Neymar I think he hit the post and the crossbar in about three minutes so it was a completely different story to the first one um, but PSG do go through and they might be one of the favourites at the moment. Yeah, of course, they've got Manchester City in the way. Um, going back to Leroy Sané, and what did I know you've just said he took the game into his own hands, and I completely agree with you. I think it was two minutes to go. Um, Pierre, there's a long ball gone over. Somebody's headed it down to him. He's gone down the wing. He's got Muller. If he looks straight forward, he's got Muller. If he puts it across goal, I believe he's got uh, yeah Chupo Motting. If he could have played Muller in and it might have been a tap in. That could have sent Bayern through to the semi-finals. Why do you... Th- it wasn't just on that occasion as well. He came down that wing a couple of other times and tried a couple of shots himself. Why do you think he can influence the game or why do you think he can influence the game in his own way? Why do you think... What do you think is going through his head when he's doing that? I think he probably, like, because there's no Lewandowski, there's no Nabry, the normal players who will probably just score most of the goals he probably thinks like the players that he's passing to are not as good as him and he probably has more chance than them at scoring but in those situations even if they're not as good a player than you he's probably got to think that they're in a better position and they've got like more chance of scoring so I, I see like his mentality like I'm the best on the pitch I can score like I'm more likely to score than anyone else but in the situation that he was in he, he probably should have passed 90 percent of the time so yeah, he's probably got to, to work on it, but he is still a, quite a young player compared to everyone else and he can still develop that side of him, but it's probably let Bayern Munich down in this situation. 
Yep. Uh, like you said before, Neymar was brilliant. Like you said, I think he hit the bar, he hit the post and then hit the crossbar uh, inside two or three minutes. Um, he was a bit more creative than he was in the first leg, so maybe he might have to step up yet again against Manchester City. Do you think they will go through? Just a quick prediction. I think it's going to be a harder game than Bayern. Um, I don't know. Again, with the mentality thing, they were here last year and then Man City... This team's never really been in this situation. So I'd still put Man City as favourites, but I think PSG are going to give them a, a good go. Yeah, of course. It's a, it will be a similar game. PSG sit back, have Neymar, Di Maria, um, Mbappe all up front for pace on the counter-attack. So that's when we could maybe see John Stones. I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps Kyle Walker back and only has Zinchenko or Mendy go down that left side to have three centre-backs, yeah. really, right back with Walker, um, just to watch the pace up front because that will be going through Pep's mind, I'm sure. So yeah, just something to watch out for City maybe there. Uh, we'll go on to some Europa League games now. Um, starting off with uh, Slavia Prague versus Arsenal. It was 4-0 in the end, 5-1 on aggregate. Um, Nicola Pepe, Lacazette and Bukayo Saka scoring. Lacazette getting 2-1 from a penalty and another brilliant goal. Um, we'll come to uh, something else in a minute, but at the game as an overall, Alex... Arsenal did very well, considering recent performances. Yeah, there wasn't much difference between um, this match and, and the first leg, I don't think. The only real difference was Arsenal actually finished their chances. And I think there was a slightly better mentality in terms of like the first leg. They were kind of annoyed at themselves that they, they had conceded late after having so many chances. Uh, and in this match, they, they looked like scoring every time they went forward. Um, I think Chambers played very well. Saka played very well. And even Pepe, who's not had many plaudits, he played very well as well. So, um, yeah, very good from Arsenal. Yep, Arsenal's three goals came inside six minutes from the 18th minute to the 24th minute. And then Lacazette got one uh, later in the 77th minute. Um, I don't know if you saw it. It's been circulating circulating around social media uh, about the Lacazette um, when he's taking the knee and just staring into the uh, Slavia uh, Prague um team members uh, or starting 11 because they were in the huddle yeah um yeah what do you, i think that picture will forever be remain like remain as like an iconic picture i think like the other day it was the anniversary of um uh rui costa and materezzi uh Maretzi, uh of that when the fireworks went off in the milan derby would you say that's another iconic moment in football uh, I think it kind of has to be with like all, everything that's going on at the moment with UEFA and everything trying to cut out racism. And if they use that as a staple, then that might be like one of the, the big things going forward. And we'll, we'll see it in the future. Yep, Steven Gerrard came out today and he was he said he was really proud of Arsenal uh, and a brilliant job that they did. Um, so yeah, Arsenal go on to the semi-finals and face Villarreal. Uh, the next game was Manchester United versus Granada. 4-0 on aggregate. Cavani opening the scoring in the sixth minute, uh, getting his eighth goal for United. And this is, is a bit of a stat for you. Um, if I could get it up, <laughs> I've probably deleted it. Oh, I think it's up here. Yeah, here it is. So um, that goal that he scored against uh, sorry, Granada, that's his 362 career goal for Cavani. So there's a bit of a stat for you. Is, uh ninth for United um, so yeah Cavani hitting and doing really well for United again uh, then Vallejo um, the former Real Madrid player 
scored an own goal. Uh, it looked like it was going to matter anyway. Um, but yeah, Vallejo did put it in the bottom corner. Not great uh, for the shots on target. United did have two, but they had nine shots in total, so they might need to focus a bit more on that. Van der Beek came on. He looked a bit more better than in recent performances. Um, But yeah, United were always really going to win this tie, weren't they, Alex? Yeah, I think uh, at 2-0, it's it's, um, quite comfortable. And then if Solskjaer put out a few, like rested a few players like he did, I think he started Twan Zabi as well at centre-back. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, it was it was a good performance and a very pro- professional performance from from United. Yep. Uh, so United go through um, to the semi-finals. That is the 18th European competition semi-finals that United are going to. The fifth semi-final in two years. Do you reckon they can break the code of just going into the semis and getting knocked out, and do you reckon they'll eventually reach a final? I, I think so. I think it also depends on who you. Is is the tie already been? Is a draw? Sorry, already been done. Yep, so we've got Roma uh, and Arsenal have got Villarreal. Um, I think so. Like I, th- I saw Roma, Ajax, I think that was the one I was watching and Ajax looked like much the better team, but um, Roma went forward a few times and, and grabbed a couple goals. So I think you'll probably be the favourites, but uh, yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Yep, going from one Manchester club to another. Manchester City lost against Leeds United 2-1 at the Etihad. Two goals from Stuart Dallas. Uh, So he's got seven goals this season. 29% possession to Leeds, but that was due to a man getting sent off. And then Farron Torres got his eighth goal in all competitions this season. A bit of a shock result, but we always knew Leeds were going to come at City, didn't we? Yeah, at some point in the match, I thought um, uh, Man City looked like they were playing... Their football in the uh, in in the Leeds penalty area, so um, it's a, it was a good performance. Uh, I can't remember what the red card was. Um, it was Liam Cooper when he uh, went on Jesus's oh, yeah, knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I, it, it was a bit debatable, but I think it was uh, a red card at the end of the day. And then Leeds did very well to to keep City out for that long, and then um, hit them on the break in the last minute, and Stuart Dallas got his second. So. Yeah, very, very good performance and, and a much-needed performance as well. Yep, especially for Leeds. Um, now going on to the Liverpool game against Villa. Liverpool did win 2-1. Uh, Ollie Watkins getting his 14th goal of the season for Villa. Um, there was a questionable uh, offside, though, Alex, uh, with Jota, um, which you could see if you just scroll next to the next thing, uh, with Matty Cash. Um, so, it was, it was, so I think Cash was playing him on side but if he touched the ball he would have been offside I believe yeah, I'm probably wrong there it was uh, something along those lines I think if he touched the ball then Jota wouldn't be offside or something like that so um, yeah what did you think of the decision but I, I, like with these like they they have to draw the line and everything and then see what part of his body's offside and everything I think they're just guessing uh, which is definitely not one uh, something you want to do, um, and also I think in these situations you should just give it on side because it's too tight of a margin to 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 be guessing. So um, and you can't see it with the naked eye as well. So it's I don't know. I wouldn't give it offside because I, I think it might be like the edge of his arm that's offside, but nothing major. 
Yep, we'll go on to the next game. Uh, sorry, we'll go on to Trent Alexander-Arnold's goal. Um, that was his. He got the winner, of course, uh, with his first Premier League goal at Anfield since July the twenty twenty. His tenth career goal. Gareth Southgate was in the stands. Does that prove a point with that goal and performance? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Gareth Southgate will probably be uh, looking at him very hard. I think with his formation, I think as he's um, moved to four at the back, like I said last episode. Um, is probably going to prefer like Reese James or Kyle Walker. But if he does move to the five at the back again and play attacking fullbacks, then I think Trent, if he keeps up this form, it'll be um, much on uh, Gareth Southgate's radar. I'm sure he will be. We'll go on to the next game. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. 4-1 in the end to Chelsea. Uh, Christian Pulisic scores twice. Uh, so he's scored four times in four games uh, against Palace now. Uh, Kai Havertz getting his first Premier League goal since 17th of October. Fifth goal of the season for Kurt Zuma. Uh, Werner was dropped for Christian Pulisic in the end. Um, it proved right from Thomas Tuchel with that decision, didn't it? Yeah, uh, Havertz was one of the players at the start of the season that I didn't really rate, and I don't think many people rated at all. But in the last few games, he's he's proven he's played a, a another position. He's played like a, a false nine, uh, and I think he was up front with with Pulisic, like just behind him or just to the left of him. So it definitely suited him, and yeah, he, he had the uh, ability to to run past the the Palace defenders. And I, I don't know if you saw that one clip where he just took his first touch and just put it over the defender and then hit it on the volleyball. That's all right, yeah. So he, he's definitely improving as a player. He's still not uh, showed that 80 million price tag, but um, he's, he's definitely improving. Yeah, I think the difference is with Chelsea, they sort of have uh, two number 10s really with Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. And in the Bundesliga, when he was playing for Bayer Leverkusen, he was normally the only really 10 um, with Leon Bailey to his left. And then, of course, I think, well, he wouldn't have had Kevin Volland because he was at Monaco. Uh, but yeah, he had those sort of players around him. So he was the only really number 10. Um, so do you reckon that's why his performances haven't been as good as the Bundesliga? Or do you reckon, yet again, like Werner's struggling with the Premier League sort of the intensity? Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely ha- had to like have time to develop into the league. Obviously, it's much more physical. Um, but I think he's had that time now and he's just starting to get into his own again. Yep, we'll have to see if he can score more goals for Chelsea. But going on to a man scoring goals at the moment, uh, eight this season for Jesse Lingard. Um, he scored yet again, uh, 3-2 in the end to West Ham against Leicester. Uh, 64% to Leicester. Uh, but before we go on, Perez, Madison, Chowdhury and uh, Barnes all broke COVID rules, so they didn't play. So that's probably a reason why Leicester might have drawn or won the game in the end maybe not lost it um do you reckon with those um players out due to the covid regulations that have broken that impacted leicester's performance massively uh, it definitely impacted the performance but um i think with the players they had they should have been able to to beat this um west ham side but it definitely didn't help and they didn't really score the goals until late on with the inacho um, so that I think if the game had like five or six more minutes, then it would have been more heart in mouth moments for for West Ham, and I, they probably could have bagged another goal, Leicester. But um, yeah, they just didn't have enough time, and they didn't really turn the attacking threat on until probably past the seventieth minute. Yep, West Ham love scoring three goals at the moment. I think it's in the last four they games. Two or three after. 
Yeah, they love scoring three games. Uh, in four games, they've scored three goals, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's very well done. Uh, Mark Noble has uh, got his 400th appearance in that game, so congratulations to him. But Jesse Lingard, he's just we spoke about him the other week, but I think we need to speak about him again. He's done very well yet again, and that performance just proves how far he's come. Yeah, I think the, the formation as well, it suits him. He's just behind behind the number nine. Um, in the number ten position, which definitely suits him. I don't, th- I don't know if he was playing that at United, but obviously they had a, a different style of play altogether. And I think with West Ham, the the whole style of play at West Ham just goes around him spraying the ball out wide and then giving it back to him. So it's definitely helping him to develop. Uh, and then that I think with West Ham as well, they didn't really have someone in that position before Lingard came in. Like they had quite a lot of wingers in Jared Bowen and everything, but. Um, they never really had a, a proper number number ten just behind the striker, and to bring Lingard in with with the quality he does have, um, re- really helped them. Yeah, but Declan Rice, of course, was injured that game, uh, and West Ham still did very very well. Um, we'll go on to the next game now: Spurs versus Manchester United. United win three one in the end. Um, Cavani, uh, Fred, and Mason Greenwood all getting the goals for the Reds. Um, We'll come on to a decision that's very, very controversial in a minute. Uh, United's performance was very good in the second half. Not as much intensity in the first half, though. The 10th league defeat for Spurs. It doesn't leave them in a very good place, does it? For top six, you could maybe say Europa League places, does it? No, definitely not. I think I saw this stat, I think, since... I think it's since they beat City. They haven't beaten a a side who are above Villa in the league. Um, which is definitely something uh, Tottenham need to improve on, um, and probably need to like change their style of play under Mourinho. Like they're very defensive against uh, like the big six teams or like the big eight teams at the moment. Um, so it's definitely part up to uh, Mourinho, but it's also down to the players. Like they're not showing enough quality against teams that they should be showing more quality against. Yeah. Uh, that was just my curtain. I was just bringing it forward so Alex can actually see me. I'll just bring it forward again. Ooh. Right, I think. Yeah, I think that's all right. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, United's performance was very uh, good in the second half. Alex just discussed Tottenham Hotspur. Then um, we'll come on to this decision now, Alex. And I won't say what I think first. I think you might, may know what I'm going to say. Uh, but this challenge from McTominay with Son. Where do you stand on this? Um, I can I can kind of see why he's giving it. I wouldn't give it myself, but like just because of the fact that he's put his arm out and it has hit Son in the face, it hasn't hit him hard enough in the face for him to to go down crying and everything. But um, it has like it is. I don't know whether it can be counted as a foul or not because it wasn't deliberate or anything, and I don't think the play should have been pulled back because of it. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, you, you, I know what you're going to say, probably. Yeah, I think we all know what I'm going to say. So if that's a foul, which it apparently is, that's football finished, in my opinion. I don't know how you can give that as a foul. I mean, I know he's gone into his eye, but if you look at the first bit of movement, Son actually tries to tug McTominay. So the human reaction is to get somebody off, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. If you're if a player's tug gonna go and tug you, you're gonna fend them off. And McTominay's not gone for his eye. You can clearly see that because he's not even looking at him. It's just all of a sudden gone into his eye, which is very unfortunate. But 
apparently, in the letter of the law, that's a foul. But as we know in-game, and as most people know in-game, so like 95% of people, not referees and officials in the FA, that's not a foul. So I think we need more, maybe more players on the PFA, maybe, uh, making sort of decisions and the officiating side, maybe a couple more players just to make sure that we're making these decisions right and that VAR is not getting out of control. So if that's... So if we have that implemented, do you think these decisions won't happen as often because the players... Maybe so. Maybe at Stockley Park, you could you could have a player with the referee, and that's on VAR even, and then talking to the ref. Do you reckon that would help maybe officiating? Yeah, definitely. I think um, like a player who's like he's obviously being on the pitch and he he knows what it feels like to have these decisions go against you or for you. Then he'll have more of an insight than than the referees there on making the decisions. Um, but also, like, if that foul happened anywhere on the pitch and it didn't lead to a goal, and I don't think it would have been pulled back, so I can't see why it is pulled back in this situation. Yep. Um, of course, Fred scored the first goal, his second goal ever for United. Of course, that came two, se- two, three, two seasons ago uh, against Wolves. Um, but Cavani's disallowed goal was very, very good. I thought Paul Pogba played a very good ball in um, to Cavani. It was great movement. Uh, Pogba sort of playing in the position that he played at Juventus, sort of on the left side, maybe a bit more wider than he was used to at uh, um, Juventus, sorry. Um, But I think my Mason Greenwood's goal was good as well. But I think for me, that Cavani goal was just brilliant. I think we don't see many headed goals, um, especially from the strikers these days. But Mason Greenwood, brilliant whip ball in. And Cavani, great header into the bottom right. And it just shows how much of a talisman is he is at United, doesn't it? Yeah, I think United, since they've sold Lukaku, I know Lukaku wasn't brilliant, but um, they've been missing like a, a solid number nine. Uh, and I think that's what Cavani's brung to like the table. They can cross the ball and they can feed the ball to him and most of the time he'll score for them. Yep, of course, that experience up front. We'll go on to the next game, though. Uh, Sheffield United versus Arsenal. Arsenal win 3-0. Um, the first goal since January of last year for Gabriel Martinelli. Two goals for Lacazette yet again. Um, the pass and fake movement on the third goal from Thomas Partey was excellent to precision. Um Another solid performance by Arsenal. Um, Sheffield United, I think they're all done and dusted, really, aren't they, Alex? Yeah, I don't think they've got much hope now. Um, even if they win all the games remaining, I think they, they don't really have a chance. But uh, at an Arsenal point of view, they'll be very happy with it. They're, they're actually taking their chances um, it, like instead of missing them all at, at the start of the season. So um, they'll be very happy with that and they'll be hoping to build on results like this um, against like bigger teams. Speaking of a side taking the t- chances, West Brom won 3-0 against Southampton. Another brilliant performance from Salada- Sam Allardyce on the Baggies. Yeah, I think they they shouldn't get too carried away with themselves and like keep doing this attacking style of play. But while it's working, it's working. So um, hopefully they can take it into the next few games and we'll see a, a relegation fight. Yep. Um, Now, before we go into your uh, game, Alex, I'll I'll just quickly scan over this game. Wolves played against Fulham in the Friday night football. Uh, Adama Traore got his first Premier League goal this season. Very well taken. It was was a rocket. Uh, I don't think Ariola was ever going to stop that. Um, So, yeah, Wolves win that 1-0. We'll go into your team now, Alex. Brighton 0, Everton 0. 
um, it just how did you think the game went? I, it just felt like there was two teams who were playing like their seasons were over already, like they had nothing to play for, which is like completely wrong because we're still fighting for Europe. And in some cases, they're still fighting against relegation because if they lose two or three games, they could be back in the mix. So it was a, a very weird game to watch. Both teams had a lot of chances. Uh, Alex Awobi had um, a very good chance near, near the last kick of the game, which could have won us it. But I mean, we, we're, we're not a type of team that like blames injuries, but we did only have 12 fit first team players to, to play in that match. So we can't really play the team that we want to play against these teams if we've only got 12 fit players. Um, but at the end of the day, we are, we have better players than them. We probably should have won the game uh, and we didn't. So it's quite disappointing. Yep, of course. Who have you got this weekend? Uh, Tottenham tonight. Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, have you got any players that have come back for that game? Um, that you know of, or are I you think still? Jordan Pickford uh, is back. For, uh, we already have a first team goalkeeper. So, um, yeah, I don't is, know. Is Robin Olsen back? Uh, he started that match. Started. Um, all right. Yeah, he just came back then. So. So I suppose you've got the pick of the keepers, but I suppose you want a bit more outfield yeah. positions free. Uh, but yeah, uh, best of luck tonight, which we'll come on to in a bit, uh, in a minute. Um, El Clasico now, Real Madrid won 2-1 against Barcelona. Um, what the highlights that I saw, uh, Real Madrid were on it. Uh, Benzema was very good. Uh, Barcelona looked all right, but not like they have been in recent years. Did you manage to watch the game, Alex? All the highlights? No, I didn't get a chance now. No, um, so yeah, Real Madrid move up to first in La Liga, take overtake uh, both of the rivals, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona, who are in third. We'll go on some just general news now. Wolves uh, versus Sheffield United game, uh, of course, would take place at three o'clock, uh, but due to the passing of um Prince, uh, sorry, the Duke of Edinburgh's funeral. Um, it has been postponed um, until I believe eight fifteen. Yeah, it has. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll go on to some more general news now. Manchester City and Spurs received two thousand tickets each for the Carabao Cup final. Four thousand tickets for NHS and residents. Uh, so that's very good from the FA. Um, two thousand tickets. Two thousand tickets for City. Two thousand tickets for Spurs. Alex. It looks like we know we're coming out of lockdown. The restrictions are slowly starting to get an ease, but it's just another stepping stone to getting fans back into the stadiums, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, before we start getting Premier League games and there's all this controversy with like away fans, we have to start having the big venues with, with some fans in them and then uh, start building our way up. So it's definitely a benefit for, for English football altogether. Definitely. Uh, now, there was a bit of back and forth between Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Jose Mourinho talking about Son's incident. Um, and I thought this was quite funny. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's son, Noah, says, I always get food. I can assure everyone about that. Mourinho probably just wanted to take the focus away from the fact they lost. Wise man. Wise kid, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe I was saying on my show this week, um, on my radio show, I was saying, Maybe uh, Jose, who has a kid, because I remember the Europa League finally jumped when the celebrations, they were celebrating each other. Um, and I remember, I, I was saying, imagine if Jose's son comes back at Noah, I thought that would be quite good. Could see like a YouTube boxing match, even though they're not YouTubers, but you know what I mean. Um, 
Now, we'll go on to some very, very big news, actually. I think this hasn't been talked about enough in the media lately. Hansi Flick, this is what Lothar Matthias, the uh, World Cup winner for Germany, has had to say. He said, Hansi Flick will leave Bayern to become Germany manager, so he will take the reins off Joachim Lowe. This is a very, very big news for German football. Do you reckon this is going in the right direction? And do you reckon it's too short for Hansi Flick? Because what's he been in the job? Two two years, 12 months? Um, it's, it's definitely good for, for the German national team, for, for their perspective. But um, I think it'd only be very good for, for Flick if he gets the German job and then like has it for maybe a year, year and a half, and then goes back into to um like club coaching because then he's like developed his career on the international stage he's already won the the champions league and the bundesliga uh, and then maybe go back to like either germany or another league and then prove his worth there so i think if he does go back into club football then it would be a good thing for him but if he doesn't uh, i don't really think it's the right thing to do because there's probably more to win in, in club football than there is in international Yep. Um, I think with the Germany team, I think he'll do quite a lot. Um, what he's done with the uh, Bayern team, bringing the youth in, I think he'll follow sort of Southgate's suit when he came in and brought, he's bring the youngsters in because Germany have got some great youngsters out there. I've come, Jamal Musiala plays for Bayern Munich. Um, he's an upcoming player. I believe they've got a winger, 18 year old, I want to say it is from Dortmund. Uh, Hertz, is it? Hits hits is the goalkeeper. I think his name's Hertz. Uh, H i r t z. I think he he's meant to be a, quite a good winger. Um, that's meant to be upcoming in Germany. And they've got of course an array of talent from Leon Goretzka to the experienced Jerome Boateng. So yeah, the sky's the limit for Germany, and I'm sure Hansi Flick um will put them in a good place rather than getting knocked out in the early stages like we did see in the last competition. Um, going on to some Europa League, back to the football now with Rangers. Uh, striker Kamal Roof has been handed a four-game ban uh, for his challenge against the um, Slavia uh, Prague goalkeeper. I think that's the right decision, would you say, Alex? Because it was quite ruthless at the time. Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, um, it's definitely foul play. And yeah, I think that that's probably what could be expected yep uh, also i think yes uh, i think andre cadella who was um the person who said the racist remark to uh glenn kamara has received i believe is it a 10 game ban yeah yep a 10 game ban um so that's good to see from uefa but i think it could what else do you think could have been done more in that incident and glenn kamara got a three match ban what did you think about that firstly um I, I I saw this uh, thing on Twitter. It was like a group of like uh, things that football players have done who've either been illegal or against UEFA's rules, and what they got for it. And there was things like that are much like not as bad as racial abuse, and they got like a either a month ban or like twenty five games or whatever it is. And then they went to to the to the other guy, and he just got a ten match ban. And they were saying, like, if you wafer are trying to, like, get rid of racism and everything, they have to give, uh, like, bigger bands than, like, just 10 matches because it's not really equivalent to what they're saying. Yep. And I feel like, so, like, all this, um, what what is the campaign? I forgot it. Is it, like, uh, it respect? It's respect, isn't it? With the red circle and the red emblem, which is UEFA's banner. 
what gets me is so Glenn Kamara, yeah, he's reported it to the uh, UEFA, uh, of course, with Stephen Gerrard and the rest of Rangers. Um, the investigations happen. Cadell has got a ten-game ban. Why does Glenn Kamara need to get a three-game ban? Because surely that's just saying to UEFA, right? Okay, it's good that you've reported it, but you're getting a three-match suspension. So it really doesn't add up, does it? Doing something very good in modern-day society. And then them saying, actually, you're going to get a three-game ban. What gets me is, what's he done wrong? Maybe something's happened in the tunnels for all we know, but I highly doubt it. And Glenn Kamara is not sort of that type of person, according to Stephen Gerrard. So, yeah, the UEFA's all over the place. So we'll just leave them be. Um, and hopefully they change in the next coming, coming years. Um, yeah. Now, former AC Milan uh, player and Dutch midfielder, Clarence Seedorf uh, believes players should be punished if they deliberately cover their mouth while talking to an opponent or the referee during matches. What do you think about this one, Alex? I know we've seen it more in recent times, the players covering the mouth, so we don't know what the cameras are seeing. What do you think of it? Um. I mean, it could be a benefit. I think they're probably doing it to like avoid players saying things that like either the clubs don't like or your wafer doesn't like. Um, but it's also going to entice the media much more. Like they're going to pick up on what football players are saying and then like ask them in interviews, which you definitely don't want um, in the current state of affairs. So um, I don't know. It could be a benefit. It could not be. But um, well, I don't think that they'll put anything against it because I don't think. I don't think they could like just putting your hand over your mouth while you're speaking um, is that wrong. So, yeah. Yep. Um, now we're going to go on to uh, a remembrance. Uh, so yeah, 32 years ago yesterday, which was Thursday, 96 men, women and children never came home from a football match. That was Hillsborough. Now, Alex, I know you are the rival team, but I know you do come together, Everton and Liverpool uh, when this uh, and to remember what did happen on that day and why we should always remember it. Any words that you would like to say? Um, I don't know, not really. I think, um, I don't know, just, I think I saw a lot of fans on social media who are not like from um, Liverpool or, or Merseyside or anything and they were like slightly not respectful. But um, I mean, if, if, they, if we did it to, to their set of fans then they wouldn't like it, so... I think they should just like read a bit more into it why why everything's happening and then uh, see if you want to say anything on the internet after that. So, yep, I think before you speak is the motto that's always been given out, and another reason there. Um, now we'll go on to a uh, second that is uh, Ad Buthroyd um, is le- has left even uh, the England under twenty ones after of course that after five years in charge, but after that. Terrible, terrible, terrible performance for England in the European qualifiers, I believe it is. Uh, the Euros qualifiers, sorry. I think we all knew this was the right decision, Alex, but it was just the timing. What do you think of the decision to sack Bothroyd? Um, I think it's probably the right one. I, I don't think... Um, like obviously, now that uh, European teams take like the, the youth system so seriously, I think it's probably the right idea but um in terms of second a manager at youth level you don't really see it that often but with, with the squad that they have there's probably like half of the players in there if not three quarters are Premier League quality and they probably should be doing much better than they are um in in the like the European Cup and even in the World Cup they didn't do that well this year I don't think so 
it's probably the the right decision in terms of like the managerial appointment and everything. But um, again, it is is youth football, and I don't think like managers and stuff should be taken that seriously. Yep, of course. I think this had to be taken quite seriously purely because the way that we went out, uh, of course, getting beat by Switzerland 1-0, uh, 2-0 against Portugal, and then we won 2-1 against Croatia. But yeah, we should be beating those type of teams with the quality that we've got. And I believe the next man who comes in to manage, I don't know who it's going to be, nothing's been said yet, but I believe the next man who comes in, he will get the best out of those players um, and maybe lead them to more success. Um, so yeah, let's hope that does happen. Now, we'll go from English, an English team to an Englishman. Chris Smalling has sadly uh, been held at gunpoint in home robbery in Roma. Um it's I believe to be in the Appia area, um, just outside the capital of Roma, um, or Rome even. Um, so yeah, n- not good news there. Hopefully Chris Mullins um fit and ready to go back to Syria and uh, mentally all right to face United in the semi-finals of the Europa League as well, of course, coming up against his former team. So yeah, we wish him the best in these hard times that he's going through. But now it's time for Fredo Spredo. So Alex is going to call out the games. I'll jot them down. Joe is here, so it'll go. Alex will say it. He'll give his score prediction. Then I'll give mine. Uh, I'll give Joe's sorry first. Then Alex will give his, and then I'll give mine. How does that sound, Alex? Good, yeah. Um, right, okay, so uh, this is yeah, this is match week 32, by the way, everyone. So take it away, Alex. First, we've got Everton at home to Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to go 3-2 to, to the Mighty Blues. I don't normally predict us to win. Um, wow. Well, might as well. I think Spurs will sit back. I think uh, they know the quality that you've got, but I know you have got, like you said before, a couple of players injured. Um, so maybe Spurs might win this one. So unfortunately, Alex, I'm going to go one nil. Uh, I was going to say one nil or two nil. I'm going to go one nil Spurs. Sorry about that. What did Joe go? Uh, Joe went. Oh yeah, I need to read out Joe's. Joe went two on Spurs. Oh, classic. Uh, so yeah, next one is. Um, Newcastle at home to to West Ham. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil to West Ham. Um, Joe's gone at two nil to West Ham as well. Uh, I won't say I'll round it off, but Newcastle did win against two one against Burnley at the weekend. Saint Maxim have played very very well, but. I think West Ham are going to win this one. You can't not uh, get away from the form that they've been doing at the moment. Um, but uh, do you know what? No, I was going to say three 0 but I think that streak will come to an end. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two 0 West Ham as well. I think I'm all in agree with everyone else. Right, Alex. The next game. Uh, next game is Wolves at home to Sheffield United. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one all. Joe said 3-0 in this game to Wolves, so he believes that they'll batter them. Um, you're going 1-0, did you, 1-0, did you say, Alex? Yes. I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. Uh, next game is... Actually, I'm going to... Wait. to Fulham. Wait, yeah. I'm going to go 1-0, sorry, in, in the Wolves-Sheffield United game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal-Fulham. Yeah, uh, London derby. Um, 3-0 to Arsenal. Joe said 2-1 to Arsenal. He believes 
Fulham will score, of course. They did go on that run of form uh, that was very, very good. Um, but Arsenal can't be underestimated, especially Lacazette, four goals in his last two games. So, yeah, don't underestimate the Frenchman. But Arsenal, I think they have this one in the bag. Uh, I don't think Fulham will score a goal. But knowing Arsenal's defence, it's a pretty dodgy, so it could be 2-1. Uh, but, yeah, I think Arsenal win quite comfortably 2-0. Uh, next is Manchester United at home to Burnley. Um, I'm, I'm going to go 1-0 to, to Man United. Now, Joe has said 4-1, but Burnley, we know what Burnley are like, and especially, this is sort of a Lancashire derby, by the way, um, but I think this this is against Burnley. We really, really do struggle. It's just the fact that they play long ball. They've got the big man, of course. I wouldn't be surprised if Matic and uh, McTominay play in midfield rather than Fred with McTominay because it's such a physical game. Uh, Cavani will definitely be up front. Um, it was a very good game earlier in the season. Of course, a couple of controversial decisions uh, with VAR. United did go top of the table. Uh, of course, we know the second now with Manchester City in front. Uh, but yeah, going back to the score prediction, um, I think it's going to be a very, very good game. Burnley will be up for it like they always are against uh, Manchester United. But I'm going to go the same as you, Alex. I think United are going to win 1-0. Uh, next game, I think the, the reverse fixture was 4-3 boys. Leeds at home to Liverpool. Um, should be a very high scoring match, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna two nil to Liverpool. They are away from home. Yep, Alan Road is the host for this game. Joe has said three two to Liverpool. Um I'm I, I don't think you can underestimate Leeds. Leeds, of course, they did win two one with ten men against Manchester City, who've been in great form only losing twice this season in the Premier League. But well, not just in the Premier League in the FA Cup and all the other cups because they got to the final, haven't they? The Carabao semi-finals of the FA Cup. Um, I think... I think Leeds are going to win this one. Oh. Yeah, but I'm, I think Leeds, Leeds are going to win 2-1. Uh, next game we have is Chelsea at home to Brighton. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 to Chelsea no 3-0 3-0 3-0 yeah of course Brighton towards the end uh, of the table Chelsea more looking towards getting the top four places with Champions League of course um, I do think that Brighton will put up a bit of a fight and Chelsea will do very well but yeah we know what Chelsea are like keep, keeping clean sheets at the moment I'm going to go the same as Joe I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea uh, next game is Aston Villa at home to, to Manchester City. Um, I'm going to go 3-0 to, to Man City. Not no. far. Dominate. Not far off Joe's. Joe's predicted his side to lose. Uh, he's predicted 3-1 to Manchester City, believes Villa will score. See, I don't think Villa will score. It could be a 4-0 but it depends on the side that City do put out. Of course, no Jack Grealish. Um, I was going to say 4-0, but I don't know if it will be 3-0. I'm just trying to think how good City will be. I'm going to go 3-0. I'm going to go the same as you, Alex. Next game is Leicester versus West Brom, I think, is it? Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Well, West, West Brom have been good. 
I'm going to one all. Of course, I don't know if the players like Madison, Hamza, Chowdhury, Barnes, um, and Ayosi Perez will be back. I'm not too sure. But I think West Brom will bring it to Leicester. Leicester will be tough breaking them down. We know what West Brom are like defensively and good at counter-attacks. So yeah, it will be a very, very good game. You know what? I'm going to predict a West Brom win. I'm going to go 2-1 West Brom. And they'll carry on the very good recent form. What's the next game, Alex? Is that not it? I think there's one more game. Do you want me to read it out? Is it? What about Spurs Southampton? Oh, I missed it out. Wait, yeah. (laughs) What did I miss? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah, Tottenham Spur versus Southampton. Um, uh, I'm going to go three, no, two nil to, to Spurs. Joe's gone 2 0 to Spurs as well. Um, I think Southampton were good at the start of the season, but then ever since that 9 0, have been up and down quite a lot. Um, of course, lost in, uh, won in the FA Cup against Arsenal and then gotten, have made it through to the semis, I think. So very well done to them. But in the Premier League, it's a different gravy. Now, it will be a tough game for them against Spurs, but yeah, I do believe Spurs will come out with a 2 0 victory, like Joe and Alex both have said. So that is our match week 32 predict- score predictions done. Um, Joe, hopefully we'll top them up and we'll be back for next week's podcast. But yeah, thank you um, for listening to the podcast. Uh, anything to add, Alex? No, I think uh, just follow all the social medias. Um, make sure to, to stay up to date with everything we post. And yeah, have a, have a nice rest of your holiday if this goes out. In the holidays. Yeah, it will be. It will be going out today on Friday. Um, so yeah, best of luck to all your teams who are playing this weekend. Um, and yeah, have a great weekend. And that's bye from me. And me. And me. That'll be Joe. <laughs> yeah. Bye.